dig, and you might too. What's up? Welcome to the Things We Dig podcast, where we talk about pop culture and bullshit. On today's episode, dude, like, what's the music? Whatever the Urukai, come on, that shit gets me high. And you have my axe at the end, where Frodo and Sam actually have to drop that that bitch in the lava. They just need to start killing all the adventures, man, at this point. Kind of wrap it all up. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Things We Dig. As always, I'm Chris Fig. Hey, it's the other Chris from the Shire. It is I, Alexander, son of Gregory and Joanne. (laughs) I'm just Uncle Bobby B. I thought you were going to be like, and you have my axe. Well, listeners, as you may know, we are going to be diving into the most amazing, just outstanding, my favorite movie trilogy of all time, The Lord of the Rings. But first, we'll do a little bit of a lightning round. I want to ask you dudes, what would you guys say is your favorite movie trilogy franchise of all time? I was going to say possibly the Dark Knight trilogy. I'm a Nolan Stan myself, but I'm going to go with the Toy Story trilogy. I'm not going to, I'm going to exclude four. I'm going to exclude four. As you should. The the first three are so goddamn good. And the third one is the best of the three. So you kind of end on the high note. But yeah, everybody loves them the fuck out of some Toy Story. And I am one of them. And unfortunately, they are making another Toy Story movie from what I heard. And to your point, number three ended perfectly. You're like, fuck, dude. We watch these movies as children. Maybe, you know, not not quite us, but people our age were having children and they were watching this. I'm like, oh, what a cool full circle Mm -hmm. effect. And then. Disney was like, cash money, baby. Let's throw a fourth one in the mix. And I mean, you see those kids or those kids, <laughs> those toys riding down to the incinerator. And you think that's how they're going to do your boys, Woody and Buzz, that you've been growing mm-hmm. up with your entire goddamn life. And then the claw rips them out only to rip your heart out at the end where Woody's saying so long, partner. As so his long, lifelong partner. friend goes off to college. My goodness. Couldn't you got to Great, peel yeah. me off of a puddle off the goddamn floor. But yeah, no, Lord of the Rings is good too, I guess. <laughs> I mean, for sure, for sure. I believe it's me, but you guys might want to kill me because I've only seen Toy Story 1 and 2. So, um, you see 3? Hey, it's all right. 3 is good. Uh, never seen it. Never seen 3. I'll argue 4 is pretty good too, but not for any reason. Not f- I loved 1 and 2. I need to watch them. I just realizing now I've never seen it. Now, now I know the end. So, no point. Get on Disney Plus tonight. For me, it might not be the greatest trilogy of all time but y'all know what i'm gonna say motherfucking star wars dude four five and six it's just uh fuck you dude that was my go-to you, you i thought you were gonna say seven eight nine actually seven eight nine is far superior uh i mean yeah maybe if you're <laughs> a fucking moron but four five and six are the original they're great and they heavily shaped my childhood and imagination so gotta go with that somehow mm. palpatine's returned Bobby, why do you yeah. gotta haunt me with this, man? They made a bad uh, movie. They yeah. That, um, I I retract what I said about me about you picking mine. I actually was going to pick one, two, and three, tr- the sequel trilogies of Star Wars. Hell yeah, brother! Prequel. I mean, I would prequel? say prequels. Did I say sequels? Yeah, you did. The, the, seven, just eight, nine. Sure, yeah. seven, just eight, making nine. sure. Seven, eight, nine. No, man, arguably always the 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 Revenge of the Sith would be my favorite Star Wars movie. And I think I did like Chris said, those the first, the originals were what really got me hooked into Star Wars. But the prequels, like I loved them. And that was what I would have chosen. So I'm glad he picked the others. Nice, man. All solid picks. Uh, of course, I mentioned mine was Lord of the Rings. Maybe honorable mention. Bobby mentioned it. Dark Knight. I was going to say the Oceans trilogy. Um, I like those films. Uh, 11, 12, 13. 12, not that great, but uh, 11, 13, really good time. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that oh, yeah. brings me to, to I guess, my next question. We'll just dive a little into, into like, what, what makes, like, a good trilogy? Obviously, like, a good movie, but, like, does the third one have to stick to landing? Does the third one have to be the best since it is the last one? Or do they all have to be maybe just even right? You know, like, hey, these are all pretty fucking good. I'll say Indiana Jones is that way. Obviously, mm-hmm. that, Raiders of the Lost Ark is, is the best one. But I'm like, oh, uh, Last Crusade ends it pretty well. 
We don't we don't talk about the other two. All right. I think the first one has to be the best as far as getting you there and being like, hell yeah. The second one, I think, has to be the nail in the coffin, because then after that, you're going to see the third one no matter what. Like the first one was 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 amazing. Second one was the best. Third one should be the best, but it doesn't have to be. And sometimes it always isn't. But the second one has to has to knock it out of the park, I think. Because then the third, you're just going to go see that no matter what. Yeah, I definitely think a continuity between the three as far as quality and just like through a trilogy, I like to see character development. You know, the story actually goes somewhere and something happened. I hate when you see movies where they kind of just rehash the same thing over and over. So it's really cool to see a payoff at the end. I definitely think if you stick the landing, it makes people want to come back and watch it again and again. Yeah, that's what I look for in one. But I agree with Alex that the first one has to be the best to get people in at all or you're just fucked. It might go without saying, but I think kind of the most important element, uh, especially when we're talking movies, is the chemistry that the ensemble cast has. Because usually for a trilogy or something like that, you're going to have some a number of people that are returning. Uh, we forgot to mention Back to the Future, and Dave would be mad about that. Um, but you have to have a couple characters that really gel, whether it's uh, in the Star Wars trilogy between... Luke and Han's relationship or Chewie and Han and I mean just everybody I guess with Han <laughs> so Leia and Han I think those kind of drove that trilogy or if you're looking at the Dark Knight I think uh, Christian Bale did such a good job with the whoever was kind of thrown into his scenes to kind of pair off him so you have to have the strong cast is what's important because we've seen I think there was the rise of like the young adult novels getting like once the success of Hunger Games came out, it was like, oh, we got to get Divergent going and Maze Runner going and this go. And like, they never got the cast right oh, for yeah, a lot yeah, of these yeah. films. And then these things fall apart very quickly. You got to nail the casting on these things. Casting for sure, like has to has to lead that ship, you know, through three movies and into what Chris was saying. The continuity, if it's if it's so different, like you can have movies like Spider-Man one and two, the Sam Raimi ones, and you get the third one that feels so like it's still Sam Raimi. And it feels so completely different. You're like, why? Mm-hmm. Why does this feel different? And it's just that, you know, thorn in the side of, of a trilogy, which it, that could have been an amazing trilogy. You know, with the first two, I feel like definitely hold up. But yeah, definitely yeah, the right. cast and continuity and just storytelling, right? You know, leading from one to the other. It might not be the same exact story, but it's just a kind of a leapfrog from the first one to the second one to the third one. You know, they really mm-hmm. stick that landing and. Having, I don't know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want a fairy tale ending. And I don't for the most part, but you do want to see these characters that you've spent, you know, could have been a decade, you know, three movies over a decade, maybe even longer, you know, at least right out to the sunset or have, if they do somewhat have to sacrifice themselves or, you know, they don't make it to the end. At least it's something that's like worthwhile, right? And they're like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, uh, Endgame wasn't a, a trilogy, but Tony Stark, Iron Man, you're like, oh, fuck. Like his story arc completely came full circle. He had to die, but you're like, wow, like it sucks that he he died, but you at least can feel like the effect of his impact for that whole franchise. Definitely on that. That was a good wrap up for him, for sure. They just need to start killing all the Avengers, man, at this point, kind of wrap it all up. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, what was your introduction to Lord of the Rings? Did you see them when they first came out? Maybe when they came out on, I think VHS was still around back then, DVD. So what uh, what was the first time you guys saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy? Um, my brother, my older brother was a huge Lord of the Rings fan. He had like the animated movies, The Hobbit and The Return of the King, I believe. I'm sure you guys know which ones I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, and the books. So we were big fans growing up and dude, I distinctly remember him calling me into my mom's room when we were kids and running in there and it was the commercial that had come out and it was like, showed like it told you that it was coming three years in a row because they had filmed them all together. And she was like a flash, like this one's coming, then this one's coming, then this one's coming. And we lost our fucking minds, dude. It was crazy. We're like, oh my God, it's coming alive. Saw them right when they came out. Mm-hmm. Friends and my brother and amazing. Lived up to the hype and oh, yeah. crushed it. Yeah, I uh, I remember for me, it was back in middle school, Brown Junior High School, seventh grade, I believe, Mr. Allison read The Hobbit to us, which was dope. So that kind of introduced me to that world. But I had no idea about the three movies being made. I don't know who I went to see the movie with 
but it's Cynodome 12, went to see Lord of the Rings, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring. Dude, so it gets to that end where Frodo and, and uh, Samwise Sam. go to the, yeah, they go to the top of the mountain and they see how fucking far away it is. And I was just like, holy shit, how much longer is this movie? They're not even there yet. <laughs> and then it ends. And I was like, oh, okay. And then somebody told me, they're like, dude, that's just the first one. But I was hooked. But I was like, damn, they're, they're, they're pretty far away. So not realizing I'm an idiot. Yeah, for me, uh, my dad is a big sci-fi guy, um, big time reader as well. So he was, this is definitely going to be his jam. So I just kind of remember these movies lying around in DVD form at our house. And when I became of age to like things cooler than just like Power Rangers and Ninja Turtles, (laughs) um, this is uh, something I gravitated towards. And I remember trying to get through the films over and over again fast enough for when Return of the King came out uh, in theaters. And I saw that with my parents in theaters. So fond memories. Yeah, I feel like I can relate to honestly all all three of you because Mr. Allison, I was in that class. I don't think we were in the same class, but he did read The Hobbit to us. Mm -hmm. And I was so in a just awe of that book. He let me the fellowship of the ring he's like oh if you if you promise to give this back to me at the end of the school year and i was like oh okay cool and honestly though i I, i've read the books and i love them but they are very (laughs) very in-depth reads to do it but yeah dude props to you for reading in middle school too i don't know if seventh grade me got through i'll I'll be honest but (laughs) and then to what chris was saying the i was first introduced to the hobbit the cartoon and then the three movies were kind of a continuation of each other, the Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King. They kind of had different styles to them. But yeah, my dad watched those, you know, when he was growing up and he showed them to us. And to this day, I, I still love the animation style of, of all of them. And then when these movies came out, I watched them every year now in December because that's when they came out. And it just gives me that same nostalgic feeling watching them. Do you guys watch the the trilogy often, once a year, once every couple of years? How often are you getting down into Middle Earth? That's really not like a, like I have a coworker who loves Lord of the Rings and he watches it like once a year with his girl. I don't do that, but I definitely from time to time we'll catch one of them and then i gotta watch all of it you know what i mean mm-hmm. so, it never gets yeah, same. old yeah i don't i don't i don't watch it as much as i should but the same thing chris said if, if it's on i put it on and i think i was just in washington on april in april and browsing netflix or whatever it was on and it was like oh let's watch lord of the rings but i was like i'm gonna put on two towers and just of course i'm like try to put it as like background hanging out with the family but then it's like we're all like get quiet me and my dad were just sitting there like watch the whole movie so love it yeah i do this uh podcast sometimes with a buddy and he watches it while holding his child all the time whereas i (laughs) um hadn't really watched it in years really since the almost when the new when the ip sort of gets renewed i i revisit them again so when the hobbit trilogy was coming out then i started rewatching the the original i don't even want to call the original trilogy but i guess we can for the sake of this podcast call it the peter jackson trilogy um of the lord of the rings and then after watching um the amazon series i really i was one of the few out there who enjoyed it all the way to the end especially mm-hmm. the latter episodes because it got pretty action-packed um mm-hmm. whatever other chris um i can enjoy i can like what i like <laughs> um, but yeah, so then after after those, I went ahead and rewatched the original trilogy again because you kind of got jacked about seeing like the creation of the ring, and then I wanted to see the like conclusion. Conclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess we, you know, Bobby talked about you know the cast ensemble, and you know that really makes you know a trilogy or just a movie franchise in in general. It doesn't have to be a trilogy, but. What would you guys say this cast ensemble? Do you do you feel like it was spot on? Do you relate to certain characters more than the others? And how do you think the original fellowship did with like all that they had to to do? I mean, this is a larger than life type of movie. And do you guys feel like they nailed the roles of the characters that they portrayed? Dude, more so than almost probably more so than any other trilogy that's that's been around. Like I think this trilogy probably is I know Star Wars might be my favorite, but this is probably the greatest trilogy ever made. And I think it's because the chemistry of the cast was so insane and the casting for every role was so insane. Like these characters to this day are like best friends and get together and do shit like they Mm -hmm. clicked and you could feel it on there. Like they all cared about each other. And that 
poured through onto the screen and I can't think of a single character who I'm like, oh, I really think that they missed the mark with that one. Like I would have to really think hard. And that says a lot about it. Like the fucking Mm -hmm. crushed it. To take it even a step further, it's not even that uh, I don't think he crushed it, but the only character that I sometimes I'm like, oh, see the actor is maybe Orlando Bloom, like maybe, but the rest of them weren't like A-listers for the most part or at the, mm-hmm. that time in their career or have a recognizable face once in the makeup. And like, you just kind of get drawn into all their performances uh, as a whole. So I don't really think of, I mean, we've seen people, what is it? What's his name? Sean Astin. Like you've seen him in a billion times growing up from a child, but you don't really think of him once outside of that. Now it's hard for him to escape that role. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. I thought they not only cast it really well, but they all went so far in that you just lose yourself in them and don't really see their like <laughs> real people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's funny you talk say that about Sean Astin. I feel like he's been in like so many I- iconic movies like of different different generations, right? He was in Goonies, he was Rudy, he was Sam Wise, and I guess now he's Bob from Stranger Things. Yeah. Just so, so many iconic roles that he's played. And yeah, I, I feel like well, Sam's just a real true fucking ride it's or a, die, yeah. man. The true heart of the lord of the rings story man and sometimes uh you know everyone's like you know aragon says it in return of the king for frodo i'm like fuck sam's on the fucking mountain too my dude like, i know it's like, for and sam. sam too <laughs> and sam like, who actually saved frodo from jumping into the fiery pit but we won't talk about that yeah but i, I remember watching when the the dvd set came out and there's like behind the scenes of of them being and like i said a year and a half like that's a long time to be with someone and you would hope you know some of our favorite movies you would hope certain cast members you're like oh i really hope they're best friends in real life and to the for the most part you're like oh not that's not really true but to what you're saying chris like i really felt that way you know with these with these characters and i i've always was a fan of legless and and gimli and how they you know, initially started as like kind of en- enemies or sort of like, hey, I, you know, we're from different races or, and we're very proud. But as the story went on, you know, they had that little rivalry, this little fun, lighthearted rivalry with each other, which, mm-hmm. you know, for it, I wouldn't say this is a dark movie, but it's definitely a, a pretty heavy movie. So to get some of that lighthearted kind of banter, I always thought was fun. And I feel like insert it well. It wasn't like over the top jokes of like, okay, we get it. He's short, but mm-hmm. it was like, Small, small tidbits that I think really just highlighted, you know, the relationship they have with each other. Like, how do you even, how do you think they even started the process of getting this up? Do you think they just read the books like over and over? They watched the animated movies. They did. I mean, square one, whenever J.R.R. Tolkien came out with this and, and movies were being made, they had to have been like, this needs to be done. So I wonder how many screenplays or or projects out there came before this one. If they did, I don't even know. But I wonder how many people were like, this needs to be a movie. If they spent a year and a half doing this. It probably took years, man. And rightly so. They did a good did goddamn job. But I'd, I'd say it had to have taken at least five plus years to get this bad boy rolling before they were even going to start. I, I wish there was a documentary. Is there any documentaries out there? I wish there was a documentary about the process of Lord of the Rings, everything leading up to it, you know, the whole story behind it. If not, they need to make it. I'd watch and it would that. Be a thing. 100%. Hell yeah. Just like everything. Peter Jackson, everybody talking about it, all the bring all the actors back and just give us a deep dive into the Lord of the Rings. Dude, this probably exists and is out there and our fans are screaming at us like, go watch this shit. You guys are butchering it. I know, please. Yeah. If if there's something we would know, though, enlighten us if there is, because I would watch the shit out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, behind the scenes and stuff, but I think it would definitely just have to start with, you know, someone making a great screenplay and getting that out there because you got to go to a studio and say, hey, you know, here. It's the plan. And I, I want to know what his fucking ballsy pitch was that he had the script and got them to fund three movies back to back to back. Because if the first one came out and flopped, like you're in the hole mm-hmm. for a lot of money at that point. It had to be a winner. And I think it was just like the perfect mm-hmm. storm of stuff coming together. Like once you got that script, you started casting people. And wasn't Aragorn cast as someone else at first? And they yeah. cut him and then got Vigo Mortensen. And so. You always just wonder what would have been if that dude had been in yeah. the first movie and he sucked. Like it would not be a cultural 
you know, it's like a cornerstone of of pop culture at this point. So, oh my crazy, god, man. Like, yeah, you don't hear about that movies being made like that. I think people are scared now to even consider it. You guys feel like a a movie franchise? I mean, I guess Marvel somewhat did it to a certain extent, but do you feel like another trilogy can be on such a large scale to this magnitude ever again? I mean, Dune. You know, I don't know if it'll be as renowned as lord of the rings is but i feel like Better. that's kind of on the <laughs> and bobby's left the chat guys sorry but i feel like that kind of on the that same sort of scale i can't really think of another ip or a piece of literature that can really kind of elevate to these heights there's enough books out there that are so worthy of being made into epics like science fiction writers. I mean, there's so many books out there that you hope could be turned into epics like this. But today with just people want the same old shit, I don't know if it'll happen. I hope so. I hope there's something in the works right now that we're not even ready for. Dune, you said is right. I think it will be a three-parter. So he's going to wait like 10 years, I think, to even put that one out. So Timothy Chocolat will be of age. But other than that, I have no idea. I would say Harry Potter, but that's not necessarily, can't really compare those at all. And it's not a trilogy. Speak for yourself. And I've been waiting for Timothy <laughs> Chalamet to get to age for years now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think, I do think that we will see in our lifetimes another undertaking like this. Is it as well executed? I guess one would hope for people like cast crew that invest their lives into this for two years to be on some sort of master project. But I think uh, whether it's Hollywood or fashion or music, these things tend to be secular and follow trends and you try to start bucking it. So I think for the last decade or so, it was about like creating what's the biggest spectacle that we could do that puts asses in seats um, at movie theaters and get them out as fast as possible. And you can generate that with a lot of computers. But the ones that have stood out over the last decade or so are your Mad Maxes or um, some of these more Dune, some of these more Top Gun Maverick, these films that kind of go back to the practical effects. So now we're rolling back. Like nobody wants to do CGI anymore because like everything everywhere at once wins the Oscar and is able to basically build it in their garage at home. So mm -hmm. I do think that you can find a cast, especially of up and comers. Is it going to have the biggest names that we've seen in Hollywood ever? No, but this movie didn't either. So I think you'll have to find like uh, basically a crew of unknowns that just want to do something in great and incredible and have some. It's going to be in an IP that's familiar because that's the thing that Hollywood will be willing to take a risk on. But yeah, I mm -hmm. do think at some point, probably in the not even so distant future, I think Dune is a good example, but there's probably even a better one. You think of Avatar. Uh, those are different. I don't think they're as good, to be clear. Uh, but you can see that the appetite for the artist is still, and the, the crews are still there to make these kind of uh, epics, if you will. So I think you just have to have lightning strike when it comes to the casting and director and storytelling. And then then all the other pieces hopefully come together, too. I was going to say, I also think Dune is a good example of what it could be, but I don't think it really holds a candle still to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I think the movie industry overall right now has like a too many cooks in the kitchen type of vibe to it. Mm -hmm. And I think that especially when it comes to big, huge AAA releases, they're looking to make a certain amount of money and the budgeting and the marketing and the worldwide thing like that's going to peter out, I feel like at some point and they're going to return to like you guys are saying, you know, practical effects are already coming back in, but like really good storytelling and things like that are going to eventually become the forefront again. Like people aren't just going to do, you know, this Marvel formula that seems to be infecting a lot of things anymore. And I'm ready for that wave to come back. And I agree, like there, there always will be great things coming, but I don't think we're going to get it in the next few years for sure. Yeah, mm. Especially with TV being what TV is right now, because I don't have the figure in front of me, but I know the Amazon Lord of the Rings show was one of the most expensive of all time. It might have been more expensive than the trilogy put together, which is I crazy think, when you think I, about I, it. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's uh, so if they can make a five year arc out of something, they'll probably do that. And I oftentimes like that because you can tell the whole story. And even in this trilogy, things were left out of the stories because there's just always so much time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I do think it would be uh, I don't hate the TV model, but it would be awesome to see a trilogy once again, fully fleshed out onto the big screen. 
Who doesn't like the movies? Popcorn. I love love popcorn. Mm-hmm. It's like the, the the money that went towards that wasn't just for season one. It was more that is like an investment for multiple seasons. You know, I think everybody was yeah, kind of like Chris. Oh, that whole show was. Uh, so I think, you know, it's well, a slow burner. But if you're going to make think, an investment for multiple seasons, maybe buy like cool armor that looks like the original <laughs> shit and not like go to fucking yeah. spirit Halloween and be like, we need 500 <laughs> knights costumes, please. Yeah, and I and I guess that kind of transitions into what I was thinking about too is the like the practical and then the costume design, man. Like, but there was a lot of also I, I don't know uh, supporting cast members, the orcs, and like a lot of the knights and stuff. And to your point, Chris, you're mm-hmm. like you watch this movie and you truly feel like you're in Middle Earth. Like, there's I mean, there's some aspects of it that you know, kind of feel like, okay, th- this was made in, you know, 2001, but some of the CGI stands up better than some MCU and the Flash movie that just recently came out. I would say Lord of the Rings trilogy tops that. And then Peter Jackson did the Hobbit trilogy and just overly relied on on CGI. And you can tell yeah. that, that took away some of the spark and the magic that the original had. It lended mm-hmm. itself with practical and CG. And it was like the perfect blend. Honestly, besides Jurassic Park, I don't feel like there's been another movie that has this perfect blend of mm-hmm. practical with, with CGI in it. And just, yeah, I mean, it stands the test of time. You know, you could watch this in 20 years and you still be like, yep. He fucking shot in Middle Earth. You can't tell me otherwise. Oh, yeah, dude. Cinematography, everything. Like you said, the orcs, man, were fantastic. Whatever actors played the orcs and the and the uh, makeup artists and everything they did, like they totally transformed those dudes into just the most vile, ugliest creatures ever. I mean, I'm just thinking of so many different instances, but the uh, the Balrog you know, all those, you know, which was clearly CGI, but my God, like how badass was that? And the whole opening scene of of the two towers. I mean, it's just like was just so dope. And, you know, most of that was probably CGI because they had to. But it, like it, it, it's funny how are they, are they trying to save money? Is it just artists are getting lazy and finding easier ways to do things and you can tell it's not as good? It's hard because it's a it's kind of a running joke now that like we're going backwards in time with many things, but CGI even too, you see things now and you're like, this feels like that it should have looked like 2001 version. I mean, and I mean, why Peter Jackson, you know, I want another documentary to be like, why did Peter Jackson, what changed from the Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit? Did they say, did they totally want to save money? And they're like, look, you can do it all CGI. Like just total different vibe. Obviously they just milked the shit out of those movies. Just, just had, just had a, such a different vibe that you want to ask them like, what changed? Like why, why did the vibe change so much I in think, a bad way? I think, well, when he first initially pitched the movie, he pitched it to, he, you know, New Line Cinema, you know, did the trilogy and I, I, I think it was Fox that was originally going to do it, but they only wanted to do two movies. And he was like, th- three, three books, three, three novels. Books. You know, it, it needs to be three movies. So mm-hmm. that's why he, he took his, uh, the screenplay to New Line Cinema and they gave him full. They were like, you're going to film all three back to back. He's like, yeah, that's how the books are. That's how it needs to be done. So I feel like that too, giving him the creative freedom where he couldn't film the first movie. And he'd be like, you know what? The first movie was great. It did really well. Let's try this out for the second movie. And you know how studios can get execs who are like, we want to do this and do that. They couldn't do that. He filmed all three movies back to back. So it's like, hey, like, I'm not changing shit. They're all, they're done. They're ready to be loaded. You know, let's get them out there. And I feel like with The Hobbit, they probably had a little bit more control of like, okay, we're not going to let you do that now. they're masterpieces, but hey, we want to tur- turn these out. We want to turn a 200 page book into a three, a- another trilogy. You're like, what? Right. They, they added yeah. so many things to it. The original trilogy was shot on film. I- I'm pretty sure this, the Hobbit was not. Obviously, it was not. There's so much, there's 95 of it, 95% of it is CGI. So I think that was a yeah. huge, huge aspect in into why the, the original trilogy just, again, s- stands the test of time. Mm-hmm. Amen. I do at all wonder, and I don't know if this is just me fucking guessing, 
if they made it to that way for like kids a little bit, because The Hobbit is more of a, you know, like you guys are saying, a lighter, shorter book. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings was heavy and they wanted to draw more of a younger audience. But that's the only reason I could think that they intentionally made it that way. Otherwise, yeah, I don't know why you draw away from a formula that created masterpieces. Like, right. you know, we, we yeah, they had everything like world mm-hmm. championship gold with this uh let's completely change your formula like yeah it was what? i remember seeing the first one in theaters but like everything had a weird like glow to it like it was like a flashback or something and it was just like okay like maybe he's you know i get i get it you know let's change the vibe a little bit but yikes yeah and, and at legolas you know orlando bloom reprised his role but he looked like a video game character in the movie you were like mm-hmm. this seems so off but uh, I think another thing too as well is actually shooting on site and finding actual locations and building sets on locations. Like the Shire is actually built out sets that a whole crew of team people built it out. Rohan was built out too as well. And that definitely adds to just the, the awe of, of these movies, right? It don't mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's in a studio. There's some there's some production companies that are doing amazing work with CGI. You know, the Mandalorian, I think, is doing a great job. It, it, you feel like they're, you know, in this actual world. But then a lot of them, mm-hmm. you're like, ah, you can tell this is a set. But being on actual location, and he picked New Zealand, man, like the, one of the most beautiful countries <laughs> to, to shoot this at. And just those sweeping shots. Dude, the opening to Two Towers where you see Gimli, Aragon, and Legolas running, you're just like, after seeing the first one, you're like, ah, fuck, this movie is going to be fucking dope. Yeah, dude, so, so much shout out to weed a workshop man we're talking about all these effects and everything that went on i mean they definitely he made it but they brought it to life for sure and i don't know much if they were i mean obviously they had to be a pretty big company before that to get picked by him to do it but this seems to have rocketed them into stardom and they've gone on to do so many other great franchises and movies and projects so just got to mention that they are the shit man total shit good call out man good call out and then I think, you know, just to, just to put that bow on top of it, Howard Shore's just score is honestly, if besides Star Wars, probably my favorite score of all time. Man. And it just elevates the storytelling to a whole nother level, man. You, you go from the Shire, it's nice and lighthearted. And then you're in the Mines of Moria where you just hear these booming, doom, doom, doom. Yeah, dude. And just everything about it, man, just I, to this day. I, I listen to it almost every day. <laughs> Honestly, like I wake up, do my thing, <laughs> being my baby. It's like, you know, I'm going to throw on the, the Howard Shores, the Shire, man. It's a nice <laughs> way to wake up in the morning. So highly recommend. Just jamming out in your car. Like I'm listening to the fucking. <laughs> Dude, like, what's the music whenever the Urukai come on? Because that shit gets me hyped. That shit gets you yeah, hyped dude. every single time, man. To Fuck this day. Yeah. Dude, um, that's that's badass, man. I mean, I'll admit I, I even play a little of that song I was just saying on the violin. I mean, we're talking about iconic scoring. That guy should probably be in the top, top five, top three. But it uh, is just like a perfect storm, man. Like this movie, this movie was a perfect storm. The cinematography, I feel like New Zealand was already known before that. But I feel like how many people bring up New Zealand being involved Lord of the Rings, you know, like and how beautiful it was. And I had no idea about it until it showed everything, just so many different landscapes. I mean, literal volcanoes and the the swamps and the and the mountains. And I mean, was Rohan uh, in New Zealand? Was it all in New Zealand? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure everything was shot in New Zealand on site. And like I said, you know, actual actual sets being built too. you're like, that's Mm -hmm. crazy. So much work just to have in the background is just remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even like the shots, I remember it was going to the forest when uh, Mary and Pippin were talking with the ants and it just, you know, did a flyover scene of like that forest and it just it just looked like this just dark crazy forest full of these giant walking trees. I mean, you got the vibe from it. I mean, I could even argue that this movie just got me into cinematography and made me more appreciate, you know, how important those shots were. Obviously, on top of the music and the acting just was a triple threat for the shit. All right, fellas, that was some great talk. But let's dive a little deeper into the movies and just some uh, key moments from them. Mr. Christopher, which one of the trilogy is your favorite, man? 
Ooh, I will. I want to start off by saying I think the best of the films is The Fellowship. I think it is the strongest outing. It's amazing. But oh, okay. I was just, what I believe, man, is one man's opinion. Okay, one little Hobbit's opinion. Uh, that one's the best. But my favorite is I think maybe Alex's. He shouted it out earlier. Two Towers, dude. Two Towers is so sick. It's amazing. It's my favorite. The Battle of Helm's Deep will forever be ingrained into my mind as a young lad is like one of the coolest fucking things you'll ever do on film uh it's mm-hmm. amazing look to the east on the fifth day you'll fucking find me there brothers dude dude and the introduction we didn't even talk about him but golem dude and how andy circus again another i i know cgi characters or what are they called the the green suits the the mob suits the motion capture yeah, suits maybe mocaps yeah, yeah. Like the introduction of, of Golem and, and how Andy Serkis played him. And uh, again, when I was little and I watched this movie, I thought it was just a CGI character voice. But no, that motherfucker is jumping into cold rivers, taking bite out of fishes and like really being this character. So, yeah, two, two towers, man. Just that's my favorite sh- for sure by far. Dude, the mocap motherfucking beast, Andy Serkis. I mean... We could name millions of the movies that he's in that he's killed it. Uncle Bobby B, you said uh, Chris was wrong, man. What is your favorite then, man? I'm. I'm it didn't matter what film he was going to say. I was going to say wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were. I thought we were. Friends. We are tied, but it's just I thought we were a fellowship. We we just like <laughs> to make the people laugh, you know. At my I don't know, I guess maybe I because it. it's the only one I saw in theaters. I like Return of the King. Like I, I did like the action sequence and the comedy is a little bit more lighthearted than that film. But I love when the big battle scene and Legolas shoots the elephant down and kills like 20 elephant. guys. In the yeah. Elephant. <laughs> he like slides <laughs> badass on like the That's trunk of it. still only one. Yeah. There's still only one that sticks out in my yeah. mind. And then the, uh, um, the emotion at the end where Frodo and Sam actually have to drop that, that bitch in the lava. Um, that mm-hmm. scene I think is probably my favorite scene of all the movies. Um, the other one that sticks to me is from Fellowship with the, I don't know what the Chris, what are the night riding guys called? The ones that are like hooded figures that Nazgul, Nazgul, yeah, thank Nazgul, you. Thank dude. you. Yeah, with them over the ridge of the the four little hobbits. That that one sticks out obviously too. But I still think uh, the end of the film. Spoiler alert! <laughs> with Gollum diving into the lava after the ring. Like that whole scene in general is just really, really good stuff. Dude, that movie also has uh, the greatest, one of the greatest speeches of all time in a movie when King Theoden is rounding up the Rohan to fucking charge into Pelennor Fields and just is like, ride for ruin, ride for death, like charge. Oh my God, mm-hmm. that shit is yeah. so dope. Like, like a lot of things in these movies that don't get old, that scene always gets me like, hyped i know what's coming i know exactly how the speech goes and i still am just hyped beyond belief for that charge Mm -hmm. i don't think there's ever been a time in like these like impactful or emotional scenes where i don't feel something right you're like oh i've seen this before you know certain marvel movies i'm like oh that that scene was so cool and you watch you're like oh it's still kind of cool like you know but I feel like Lord of the Rings, you know, maybe I'm biased about it, but exactly to what you're saying, Chris, I'm like, man, like, it's just, it still fucking hits, you know? What about that speech compared to the one from Independence Day where he's like, this is our Independence Day? (laughs) (laughs) That's Uh, another great speech, man. I won't take it. It's a great speech. It's a great speech. All right, yeah. I I love, too, I always look forward to this scene in Return of the King where uh, Legolas, Gimli, and, and Aragorn go into the... Um, the mountain of the army of the dead and you know you're like we're not sure what's going to happen and he gives his sword and it's you know is Yodor's sword and he's like oh you know you know we do have allegiance to you and at the end you know the I, I'm not sure but it's like the humans are you know siding with the orcs and it's like about time you guys came and they're like pirates but then Aragon and them jump out and then the army of the dead just swarmed the yeah fields. yeah and just mow them down. I always, I just love that scene, man. I'm surprised none of you brought up the scene, Two Towers, where, again, Gandalf is fighting the... Balrog. Balrog. Thank you. Uh, that whole cutscene. My goodness. I mean, we see, it, we see it at the end of the Fellowship. Don't really know what happens. And this fucking epic battle, man was just so cool. There's the fact of them falling and it cuts to a far away shot where you see them falling and then all of a sudden it cuts away where you just see the huge open cavern and then you just see them tiny, which just gives you that 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 sense of how 
big this underwater cavern is and it's just the battle scene rages and then they're on a on a snowy mountain fighting and it's just they almost cut it short you kind of wish that they would have showed you more of that fight scene i almost yeah because i was gonna say i always wondered and you know maybe it dives deeper into the books but how they got from the underwater cavern to the <laughs> know. Of, a, of a snowy mountain man but yeah 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 yeah, that's a good question, man. I like the transition from from that, and then Frodo wakes up because he's envisioning that, and he's asleep. And oh, that's, that's right. Introduction into Frodo into the two towers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's... yeah, and then it goes to the swamp scene, and I mean, it's just yeah, so dope, dude. Another really awesome one. I mean, we we were just alluding to it, but what happens right before the Balrog scene? It, the the Mines of Moria fight where they all get charged in the room and the cave troll comes in and they're battling. That is such a sick choreographed mm-hmm. fight like for back then. And the, the CG still holds up with most of it to this day. Just mm-hmm. ah, fucking awesome, man. Yeah, who dropped the 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 bucket down the well, or he pushed like a skeleton, and as you just hear it clank, 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 like, and they're like, oh Pippin, fuck, or was dude, it, was it was it Pippin? Was it Mary or Pippin? It was Mary. Mary, yeah. yeah, dude. And then you're just like, it's deathly quiet, and you're like, oh, you could feel the tension, man. You're like, oh no, what have you awoken? Oh no, sorry, it, it is Pippin. Sorry, oh, dude, oh, you make me doubt myself. It was Pimpin. <laughs> did he did Pippin grab the the eye or the ball, whatever that was? Or was that Mary? I always get the two mixed up. It was Pippin. When he like yeah. Oh yeah, he touched it and it just like fucked Pippin, him up, dude. Pippin was um, like the the fuck up of the group. Fool of a took, man. That was uh, the uh Was he the one he was in uh, Lost? Oh Palantir, thank you. Yeah, that was dope. No, Mary was the one that was in uh in See. Lost, not Penny's boat. Yeah, yeah. Just the uh, the com- the uh, the chemistry between the two the two wizards Sauron and uh, sorry Saruman and Gandalf was just so dope. I mean, it was like you know that he was once a good wizard, and I think you see that in the in the Hobbit a little more. You know, he was still good, but he was like falling to the dark side. You know, funny enough that he played Count Dooku, who also was technically on the light side and slowly fell to the dark side. So kind of a little a little twist that he played those two characters that were conflicted, but it was still really cool. I mean, I love the fight scenes that they had and he was kind of swinging, swinging Gandalf around with with the with his staff and then sent him up to the top of the tower where he eventually got set free with those badass fucking flying uh, eagles. Dude, and when I was younger, man, I really thought that Boromir was just a big old bitch. And then now as you get older, <laughs> you realize, dang, damn, dude, you're one of the realest characters in this whole entire thing. And his scene of fucking dying at the, you know, the river's edge to let Frodo and Sam get away is like one of the most impactful of the whole series. And I just went from me thinking he was a bitch when I was younger to be me being like, want to cry like a young lad when mm-hmm. you see him die dude dude when he's running in slow motion to save mary a pimpin and he fucking jumps out and he's blown his yeah, horn and dude. dude just like six arrow shots to the chest man just went out like like i said you know if you have to go out go out like a boss man he went out like yeah a boss. he truly redeemed himself i like that you bring that up because you were talking about characters a while back and i was gonna bring up one of the coolest characters I thought was Boromir. He truly envisioned, he like he truly represented the struggle of man and the ring while like everybody was coming together and he was just like, let's use it and stuff. Like you could just see how it was poisoning him. And it really kind of gave you the idea of how men just were so weak-minded to this ring, but it came full circle and he really redeemed himself. And then that character carried on through the other movies, even though he was dead, you know, like his legacy. And you met Faramir and his dad, who was a crazy piece of shit. But the whole uh, the whole the whole uh, story arc just continued on. And Boromir was like an amazing character, but he was only in that one movie. And he's also one of the best memes, I think, still to this day that is out there. Faramir's pimp, too. Yeah, Faramir's dope. And they both, like, they looked like brothers, dude. Like, that was some great casting right there. Like, they were, like, spot on. Dude, a little trivia caveat that people might or might not know. Sean Bean hates fucking helicopters so much that he would hike in full Boromir armor uh, for, like, hours to set from base camp. 
when everyone else flew in a helicopter and they say that like they'd be flying over and be like, oh, there he is fucking going. And he'd like meet them there. Two towers. I'm not getting in a helicopter. You kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, dude. dude, Dude, Deathly afraid of him, especially in 2000. It was 2002. Two towers. Yeah, I'm going to get in a helicopter and two towers. Come on. (laughs) He's like, yeah, we got four more hours because Boromir's fucking hiking here, dude. We haven't even talked about Aragon and Erwin's charged moments on screen. Those, those two are just so hot together, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sexy. I, I, wait, so uh, you said Arwen or Arwen? Arwen. So two... Too too similar, man. Some of these names are way too similar. I'm like, Very similar. Yeah, they're Ego Mortensen and Liv Tyler. The best part of the whole movie is their love their love scenes. They're forbidden. Aowen, Aomir. There's a lot of a lot of AEs, dude. What's a what's a quote from the franchise trilogy that you guys say the most? I mean, maybe not every day, but like what one that you would like kind of something will pop up in your head and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna say that one. Talking about Arwen. Oh, talking about the two lovers or just any <laughs> just oh. in general. When I'm talking to my love, when I talk to my love, I say, baby, let's get it on. Dude, I mean, Um, if if anybody else is going to say it, I was going to say Two Towers when King is like, so it begins. Ooh, that's a good one. Battle Deep. Often when referring to doing something for a second time, we'll be like, but what about second breakfast? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You said that that, uh, meme, I think, or that gif. Yeah, second C's. I mean, I I forget all the ones they named, but that was funny. I mean, I think it's one ring to pull them off. I think of one from the movie, but... It's true. uh, I'll have to think about that for a second. I don't really quote this one as often as some other films. I'm beginning to question if you've seen these movies, Bobby. <laughs> I've seen them. I've seen them. I mean, I just enjoy the TV show way more. Wow. Hey, I like wow. it. I like the TV show. I used to think Bobby had like great taste, and I compared just my taste to Bobby's chuckles, taste. Just doing some chuckles, Chris. Just doing some chuckles. These days, Bobby don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, that was some great talk on on the greatest trilogy of all time at least in my opinion, but I wanted to roll into some, uh, maybe some other talk. I know some other pop culture items that came from Lord of the Rings. Um, I have a Funko pop set that I just love. It's nothing special, but when, uh, my wife and I first started dating, she got me a Pippin Funko pop and it was just random. I'm like, Oh, she's like, Oh, you like Lord of the Rings, right? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, just Pippin, not not even not even married, like <laughs> not even together. Combo, yeah, come on, like, oh, dude. Pippin's sick. Yeah, and it, it's a great. He's a great character, but you know, not you one. You don't want wanna... Frodo on your shelf. That's a that's a casuals, yeah. like casuals Funko oh, Pop. I, I got them all. I got them all now, Bob. I, I, that sparked my interest, and I was like, oh, I was, and it. They were pretty hard to find. Like you can order them on Amazon, but that's not fun, man. I got to go to different comic book shops, memorabilia shops. It's a huge warehouse out here called Frankensons that has everything pop culture. So it was a, a few years on my quest. I was on my quest, man. It's on my quest and finally got them all. And they sit on my shelf and I do love them. But I know, Chris, you uh, recently had a, a newly found passion with some magic cards set, oh. right? I mean, dude, I've always loved Magic the Gathering, man, since I was a young lad. But they came out with these cards, and I have a bunch of uh, coworkers who are like Lord of the Rings fanatics. Like, they know all about, like, you know, the first and second age and the fucking uh, everything. They know all of these characters and where they came from and how the fucking Valar and the Maiar and everyone formed this world. So they don't play Magic, but they started buying the cards with me, and they got way more obsessed with them than me. They've all been buying them, and they have just the sickest fucking artwork on them, dude. They're amazing. So awesome. So I've blown a bunch of money on pieces of paper with pictures of these characters, and I'll probably buy some more. Huh. The artwork does look sick from what I've dude, seen, and super, makes me want to play it. Yeah, really awesome. So are you playing, like, do you play Magic, like the Gathering, like in a, I know you do like the tabletop games, do you play Magic too as well with these cards? Uh, Yeah, not as often, but I've been playing a shitload recently since my coworkers have been getting into it. But yeah, I've always dabbled in the game on and off. And so you can just play with like a completely Lord of the Rings, all Lord of the Rings card deck, which is awesome. You can get all nine Nazgul. One one ring in the entire game. Like, there's only one ring card out there. Is yeah, well, correct? there is a shitload of the one ring card, but they only made one of them that was, like, in Elvish and was, like, serialized and had a bunch of special shit on it. And that one was, like, they only made one copy of, like, that special version. The other Damn. ones are just in English, and you can just use them to play I the wonder game. who has it. Yeah, the... I saw that it was going for fat cash when the one first <laughs> finally found it. 
A lot of people were, there's an open bounty for like 2 million. Some people were offering $2 million for it. So it sold for at least that much, I'd assume. Wow. That's crazy. And even the normal, just the one ring that you could play the game with is pretty rare. It's you sell for like a hundred bucks right now. It's insanity. That's insane, dude. And it's been, it hasn't even been out that long, right? No, but they only made, you know, I mean, they made like 3 million packs, but they only made with one run of them. So, wow. Pretty cool, man. It was like one of those Pokemon Go type hype things, you know, it was kind of cool. Everyone's like, oh, we're all opening packs. When's someone going to find it? It was was fun. Mm -hmm. That's cool, man. Definitely cool. Wish I was a millionaire from it, but hey. Yeah. Two million, Jesus. Alrighty, fellas. So uh how about we wrap up this Lord of the Rings pod with a little one has to go. Oh, I already feel like these are gonna be hard decisions. What you gonna pick? Don't pick no stupid shit. Because one has to go. All right, fellas, so let's dive into this. One has to go. for uh, To kick things off, we'll stay in the Lord of the Rings realm. If you guys had to choose, you know, we were just talking about a bunch of them, but your most favorite scene of the trilogy, what would that be? And which one would we vote off? How how long are we counting as a scene? Because good questions, good questions. If, for me, like if you're if you're talking, what is your quintessential Lord of the Rings movie moment? It's the Battle of Helm's Deep. So I don't know. Ooh, do I gotta pick a Okay, that's like half the movie, but a, uh, a B. But yeah, yeah. Okay, so, okay I want to say works. like when they're building up to it and first assault the wall, like that all whole jumping on tension the bed building, and you just realize like, wow, this is actually going to be like the biggest, craziest battle I've ever seen on film at this point when you first saw it. And then it plays out to be like epic and live up to that. It doesn't just like, oh, they charge the wall and then it cuts away, then it cuts back and like everyone's dead and laying around, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh no, you see the whole damn thing go down and it's amazing. Let Legolas sliding on a shield down some stairs. Okay, that was the worst part of it, man. But the rest <laughs> no, was that's amazing. Part of your scene. You're right. I okay, say the I'll dude running take... with the bomb down down the road, and they're trying to shoot him as he's running through, and then that kaboom of the wall, man. That was pretty. Can I just get a brief caveat to say how much it would suck to be one of the elves that got sent to defend Helm's Deep? Like, yeah, the rest of us just sailing away to the Undying Lands, but you guys are going (laughs) to die with the mortals. So, way to be honorable. Sorry. Uh, Um, I'm going to stick with mine from when we talked earlier. I like the the one that sticks with me the most is the, the... and it's not even the penultimate scene of the series. It's the climax of the series when they're about to toss the ring uh, in the final um, battle within each of the characters present, whether it's Samwell or Frodo or um, that weird little guy. I forget what his name is. Um, Gollum? No, that's not it. Uh, I was like, they're all little guys. I think it was like Ron Weasley or something like that. But yeah, so they're all battling (laughs) um, to say, uh, uh, I just like the tension of that scene. And I think it was shot beautifully. I like the color scheme. I I just like everything about that, like the score, like everything that we've been talking about the entire, what made this great um, is I felt like it was the most real scene. Like everything about it just was cool to me. So yeah, I like uh, that scene. Frodo mm-hmm. went straight to Sildur and was like, no, nope, keeping this nope. shit, dude. Yeah, yeah, I loved me. it. I loved it. It's like, no. Would you, you would have done it. You would have kept it. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, dude. My willpower is gone, dude. <laughs> I would have pocketed that bitch before I even left the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come at put me, that thing on, on and run away, dude. <laughs> I'm gone. It is funny that Bilbo held the ring for like 60, 70 years and Pomi was just chilling. With it, just you chilling. Know? Not even trying to be powerful, um, just hanging out. Yeah. Just likes to do magic trick for kids for some reason. We should look <laughs> into that guy. <laughs> sus. Uh for me, man, mine we talked about it, but the the minds of Mordia, that whole scene, that battle scene where Pippin drops the thing the the armor suit and all the orcs and the cave troll comes in, and then to top it off, that Balrog scene, you shall not pass. Yeah, I did. Dude, just like Chris was saying, man, it felt like a video game. You know, they're they're on the bridge and it's it's, it's crumbling. There's arrows shooting from them. It kind of feels like a little bit of Legend of Zelda. Let's be honest, you know, the fire temple. Like a dungeon. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, mine's of, of Mordia. And then there's that one cut scene where they're running away and it's like, 
it zooms out and they're all running and Gandalf with his staff is like lighting the way. Dude, it's just so awesome, man. The CG yeah, on that, great. chef's kiss. People climbing friend. down from the ceilings. Yeah, my scene, as like I stated before, is in the two towers. It continues the, the battle of the Balrog and Gandalf of them just falling down that cavern, fighting in the air, just so badass. And then ending up, I think, on the mountain where he finally pushes the Balrog off and he falls to his death. That was just an epic, epic scene. Saw some good ones, man. I, mm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if any of them. Probably Legolas skateboarding down the staircase on a <laughs> Let's say they all get to stay. Just picture Legolas skateboarding down that shield. <laughs> it was. It oh, was. I, two, I always picture it. It was two thousand. The, the run with the bomb is kind of corny looking too. When you think oh, about that, no, scene, the tension no. is there, but like the visual. Just think about the visual. Really I think the, the the awkward scene where where Legolas pulls himself up on the horse and flips around all his arm crazy. Is like... Yeah, that was the most. We didn't mention any of that, but that was the most awkward. I think like CGI moment. We were like. Okay, that was kind of physically weird, but I specifically remember my dad always calling out that scene, being like, "How did his arm do that?" But it's he's an <laughs> elf, you know. He's an elf. He's an elf. Alrighty, uh, we don't want to do it, but we have to do it. One has to go. Chris, you're pondering over there, man. Dude, well, I mean, I know, uh, it's just. I don't want it to seem retaliatory. I know <laughs> you always so you always are so retaliatory. <laughs> if anybody speaks about your pick, you're like, you know, I don't really like the end of these films so much. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just love the battles so much. I love the battles. What about mm. the battles within themselves? I like the, the internal battles. struggles. Um, I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm voting yours off. I'm a battle boy. Yeah, battle because boy. you battle anybody who comes against you. Battle boy. <laughs> That's bitch. right, dude. That's how you stay on top. You can't be, you can't be A, B, and vote for yourself. So you have to pick someone. Hey. But you know, deep down, in your own internal can only be, that you have the worst. There can only be one. You think I have the worst pick in these four? Yeah, for sure. I want Bobby to clarify his scene though, because I was confused. Were you talking about the end where? Where Frodo decides to keep the ring, that scene? Destroy yeah, sure it, does. Mr. Frodo. Yeah, he sure does. And then Gollum runs and grabs mm-hmm. it. And- Is that the one where Frodo decides to just damn all of fucking the world for his own greedy, selfish ass? Yeah, I remember that scene, dude. Yeah. Should have cast yeah. him into yeah, the fire. Pretty good dude. scene. Like, pretty good scene. But then he's like pacing around all weird. Um, I would I would have to say they're all great, but as well, Bobby, I'm sorry. That would be my choice. Is that retaliatory? I'm just curious. No, it's just because Chris has the exact same scene as him just like five I, minutes yeah. prior. So yeah. And my, you guys can't vote off mine. Come on. I sure can, and I will in a second. I challenge you, you to I challenge you to debate why you would. Um, this is CGI <laughs> vomit fest. <laughs> <laughs> I like the better scene of the two of them is what Chris illustrated before, where like the tension feels way more real. Um, mm-hmm. when yeah, yeah when I clanks. talked about where they get battle at, uh, the, you know, you shall not pass is 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 probably one of the most iconic quotes for sure i know i never like i don't love the falling into the pit scene of them like because it's kind of shaky can like born identity like and like yeah it has a little not plot holes it's just all very stretching stretch stretching but you'll you'll find your words eventually just keep going hurting my feelings now for no reason (laughs) (laughs) i almost i don't want to play anymore (laughs) I almost was going to throw you a bone, Bob, because I do like that scene, man. Sam, you know, Mr. Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. That whole scene is great. But oh, yeah, yeah. But Gandalf falling down a, a, a cliff and has a he catches a sword and Balrog. Ah, oh, just can't it can't vote that off, man. So sorry, <laughs> sorry Bob. Okay, but what about instead of my scene? What about when Legolas rides a shield down a staircase? That was Chris's scene. Sorry, Mr. Frodo. I actually like that scene, man. I I, I said it because I I liked it, and you're like, "It's the worst scene." I'm like, "Oh yeah, for sure it is." Um, Tony Hawk (laughs) Pro Skater just came out. They're like, "How about we have Legolas ride a?" A shield like Fucking a board slide down that bitch, dude. Shield slide. Sorry, Bob. It seems like your scene is getting voted off Mount Doom, my friend. Um, sorry, bro. I have another. You guys kind aren't of, sorry. Uh, 
Kind of another fun one has to go. If you could choose a character from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it could be anyone. Who would you choose to hang out with? And what would you guys do? I would take Pippin and his little buddy and smoke the stankest leaf they got and have some salted ham. That'd be my pick. I don't know about anybody else here. (laughs) I agree with Bobby, dude, wholeheartedly. That's it. Done. Pod's over. We're good. (laughs) We all, that's all, that's everyone. Everyone was going to choose that. They so, would be cool. So we're in agreement. I don't. Marion Pippin or Pip. We said Pippin and his dude. Yeah, Pippin and his dude. Whatever that guy's name is. It's Marion Pippin. <laughs> Mary Mary Tucker. I want all four little hobbits jumping on the bed together with me, just having a pillow fight with the boys, like the end of the mm. movie. Gandalf. Gandalf. I think it would be cool to kick it with. Um, I'm second guessing it now, but Legolas because he's kind of like oh, super uh, like serious, uh, but but Legolas, eyes. dude, yeah, and I mean, dude, he he he'll introduce you to the world of elves, man. Like show you some bad shit. Gimli, Gimli like, seems way cooler. You can yug some beers. Uh, Gimli. Gimli looks like he kind of smells, and he goes to, like some <laughs> caves. Like Legolas is like out in the forest. They got you're just like, sniffing Legolas's and... hair when he's not looking. Like, oh yeah, like, each other's that? hair. Like, Nothing. Yeah. I mean, we would ride horseback together. He'd teach me how to use a bow and arrow. I mean, I like could nice maybe meet. Uh, yeah. I could maybe meet uh, Aowen, a- a- is it? And, uh, you know, Arwen. introduce Arwen. Arwen. Yeah. Even uh, um, the other the other elf who is also in the show. Um, Galadriel? I'm, I'm the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> when she gets all crazy? Have you seen these movies, Alex? <laughs> I mean, I've seen the... Brother. And in the show, though, she's just the sweetest, nicest lady. So, like, I would know, like, she's been through some shit. So, I mean, I can meet them all and just learn their stories. The for sure. She's not I, mean, I didn't even nice. like the show, and I know that that's not the story. It's <laughs> <That's> very inaccurate. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't think she's been through some shit? That don't think she's a very nice lady. <laughs> you said she was a sweet, nice lady. You don't think yeah. she's a she's sweet, nice lady? She's like a fucking war veteran. Exactly she wants. She got... She got to cr- I mean, she had a cry. lot of weight on her shoulders, and she handled it pretty well. No, she handled it very poorly. <laughs> I don't think you watched. <laughs> She's still going. <laughs> She's still going. The show's not even over. Alrighty, alright. Legolas, final answer. I hang with Gandalf, smoke that long bottom leaf, and have him do a firework show. Man, hang with Bilbo, kick it with the, the, the hobbits and Shire. Since Bobby stole mine, I'm hanging out with Strider. In the Shire, fucking just knocking back beers, dude. I'm hanging out with Sauron. Me and him is eyeball. You just... already picked Marion Pippin. So no, those those two guys were lame. Got way too high and went to Sauron. Yeah, they went to sleep. It wasn't fun. So me and Sauron are just hanging out, watching the whole world go by, you know, with our yeah. giant eyeball, chilling, see what's going Sorry. on. I hope Bobby off again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And that's been a great episode of Things We Dig. So we'll uh... (laughs) see you later. Sorry that I have such good picks. All righty. What'd you pick again, Chris Fig? I said I was going to be. You said uh, with Bilbo and Gandalf smoking that that long bottom herb, lighting off some fireworks. Mm hmm. Um, but on the real, I'm sorry, Alex. I don't think Legolas would be the coolest dude to kick it with. He yeah, seems but have like you smelled his hair before? Awkward. Um, he is kind rather, of a square. Yeah. I'd rather be drinking beers with Strider or smoking long bottom leaf with just about anyone. So goodbye, Legolas. Fair enough. Fair enough. Actually, picking and not doing bits this whole time, I pick Gimli. He just seems the most down to earth, normal person out of the entire like uh, fellowship, if you will. Like he's just a dude, kind of swings a hammer around sometimes. I'm going to go that by Ox. <laughs> so you have three yeah. choices, but final answer, Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> I might pick a fourth. I'm going to put a whole together, whole squad. I'm, I'm Boromir. Boromir, the real one. Hang with uh, Boromir's dad. Eat some, uh, eat some of those. What was he? He's eating like tomatoes. Oh, like it's like, like a maniac. I want to say they're tomatoes. The way they were just like juicy, like popped. Yeah. I just want to sing him a song, dude. Sing him uh, a song of my people. But uh, I'll, I'll probably do Legolas too. D- there's no one else I would ha- want to have in battle, but to kick it with, <laughs> he might be a little, not might quite. be a little awkward. Not quite. <laughs> who's? Let's see where this is going. I don't know if this is a uh, one has to go, but whose role within the fellowship would you want the least? Frodo. Frodo. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go Frodo, with Frodo for sure. Or Boromir. Or Gollum. Maybe Gollum to die. Gollum would suck too, but. 
Is he in the fellowship? It's not really in the I, fellowship. Well, technically, oh, he's oh, not. You, no. Oh, you said the fellowship. You said the yeah, fellowship. I did. I, I, but Gollum's a fair answer, I suppose. I, yeah, I'd say Just Frodo. a torture sold. Frodo gets I mean, the short end of the stick, man. I mean, Frodo does get to go to the Undying Lands, just kick it with the elves. So it might not be so bad in the end. Yeah, he's yeah. probably like Bilbo's Jesus there. Christ, you know. Gandalf's there, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's getting old. Yeah. Who's whose role would you guys want to have? Gandalf. Probably Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. Gandalf. He's just like a he's just kind of the selfish though. He had those dude. birds the whole time. He could have just had flown flown the two Actually, little Well, he had back, to like dude. whisper, you know. I want to be Aragorn because he lives like longer than a normal human. He's like way stronger and cooler. He gets all like the hot chicks in the series. He gets to be king. And then like, I don't know if you guys know much about after the movies, but in the fourth age, he basically just goes around and beats the ass of all the evil left in the land. So let's go Aragorn. And Arwen. Let's just throw that out. Just throw yeah, that I out. said man. all the hot girls in the series, man. No, there's just one. There's just one. What was uh, Theoden, King okay. Theoden's daughter? What was her name? Eowyn? Eowyn? You're not, you're not going to smash out Eowyn, dude? There are a lot of chicks running around in this world. <laughs> I feel like there's only two. So the really? yeah, <laughs> and I get both of them as Aragorn. So damn, it's son. Like I know that is the galaxy far, far away where there's only like the lady who tells you the battle plans and Princess Leia. I don't know if now we're voting. Way. I don't know if we're voting. Well, one has, off there, yeah. but but <laughs> but all right, fellas. I think that was uh, a good round and a great talk on some Lord of the Rings. Thank you for joining me on this journey through Middle Earth. Until next time, later days, my friends. Farewell. <laughs> Works for me. Love you guys. See you later, everybody.